Welcome to TMBC's Comic Book Workshop, brought to you by Panel by Panel Magazine and our lovely, beautiful, amazing, incredible supporters on Patreon. I'm Jason Hammonds, a writer who also draws. And I'm Ken Heidelman, an artist who also writes. We are both making comics while still learning how to make comics. After digging through libraries, the internet, and fighting koalas for their precious knowledge on making comics, we thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. All right, Jason, what is on the agenda today? It feels like something a little different. It's a little different, Kent. Today is the long-awaited uh, season finale for, for season one. <laughs> it's only been going on for, I don't know, a year? <laughs> is that how long it's we taken it us to be... get through 14 episodes? <laughs> we said it would be like a couple weeks, months, yeah. <laughs> days, oh, hours. Hours. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's been a thing, Kent, and this, this, this podcast, we, we put a lot into it, uh, but we also, you know, it's, it's, we've set ourselves up for, for, for failure in certain ways just because of the way that the show is constructed. Uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. in season two, kind of some of the things that we're doing to, to modify the structure will allow us to, you know, the show might be a little different. But uh, I think it will be able to come out on a, a much more regular schedule. Uh, that being yeah, said, yeah, we've discussed this heavily. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, that being said, we do have like you know oh, at least ten interviews already recorded that that will be coming out in season two uh, with some pretty awesome creators. I'm very excited for everyone to to hear those. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is just kind of our, our phase one. Phase one. God, I'm I'm doing that Marvel podcast, and so everything in my brain is like Marvel stuff right now. <laughs> um, God, we're gonna have a crossover event soon, right? Yeah, seriously, we'll fuck something. Um, but uh, yeah, this is kind of just our season one closeout, just sort of talking about some of our favorite things from from the past year. Um, you know, and 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 the things that we've enjoyed with this season, the things that we've learned as as cartoonists and creators, the way we've grown. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just kind of a little retrospective, uh, looking back at, at our favorite stuff, but let's, I mean, let's start it out with just Kent. What, what was your favorite episode of, of the first season? Whew. Uh, let me go through the list here. <laughs> I had a, I had some, there's there, honestly going back and listening through them. I was very impressed with, the the quality of like the conversations that the creators brought, um, yeah, there was like it was always like I'm like, oh yeah, there, you know what? Uh, here's this episode. I I, I think it's a, a a good one. It didn't like blow my mind. And I listened to it again. I'm like, nope, mind blown. Yeah, can't believe what I'm learning here. Um, honestly, uh, I think it's still 103. I think it's the Matthew Rosenberg one. Mm. Uh, actually, ooh, oh, the Daniel Warren Johnson one was really really fucking good. It's a really good uh, episode. Yeah, I might. Okay, I'm gonna switch over to Daniel Warren Johnson. 104. <laughs> 104. Uh, fourth episode was Daniel Warren Johnson's just on all levels. Uh, if I could be half as uh, kind and talented as him, then you know, all the things he, he brought so much like knowledge and heart, uh, yeah. and just as a person, it was, it was a really good interview. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, and I, I love Matt, he's so fun to talk to, and I, I wish. I wish he was in- easier to wrangle because, like, we he and I have gone back and forth so many times over the past like couple years before we interviewed him and since we've interviewed him, uh, just about like you know doing other interviews for like panel by panel and for other things like that. And his schedule's difficult, but he is he's a very fun guy to talk to. Um, and oh, that's he's amazing. Thing. Yeah, and that was 
That's the thing too about like all of these these episodes is like especially these interviews, it's like it's these people. All of these episodes are so good. The interviews have been so amazing. I've learned multiple things from every single interview we've done, um, and so it's really like you know every time I listen to these, I I am blown away by you know the stuff that that we're able to learn and the stuff we're able to glean. Um, that being said, if I were to choose a favorite uh, of any of the episodes we've done, I th- I think my favorite will be 109 with Michelle Fife. Um, Ooh, okay. I I'm a huge admirer of that guy. I wasn't I wasn't crazy familiar with his work up until uh, Bloodstrike Brutalists had been announced, and when that was announced that he was bringing back a Rob Liefeld project and kind of doing his own sort of you know new continuity for it. Um, it made me very curious, you know, the, the, the article that I had read had mentioned Copra. Um, and so I went and started diving into his stuff and I was like, man, this guy, like there is no one else that is making comics like him. Uh, and it's really, really, I mean, it's, it's just so evident, like his love for the medium in everything you read of his. And so it, it got me to fall in love with his work and then talking to him, hearing his passion and his, his work ethic and, and how disciplined he keeps himself and all of the things that he does, you know, he is a true one-stop shop for, for all of it. You know, he's, he's a cartoonist in the truest sense. Um, and hearing it's how much, impressive. It's, it's very impressive. impressive. Yeah. I mean, writing, coloring, inking, lettering, you know, sending out all of his books himself, like self-publishing. It's, it's a lot of work. And the fact that he keeps the kind of schedule and deadlines that he does is something that I like, that I aspire to be like, you know, and, and, and for as long as he has, you know, it's a thing that he's been very consistent on for a long time is being able to put this work out at this rate. Um, and so hearing him talk about, you know, his his process, the way that he's been able to kind of become that consistent of a creator and, and you know, and even just his approach to like researching comics and like learning things from other creators. You know, we had a long discussion about like Frank Miller and Walt Simonson and the image guys like. You know, yeah. it's it's I, I just every time I, I listen to that interview, along with a lot of these interviews, every time I listen to it, it makes me just want to like, you know, make comics. You know what I mean? Like it makes me want yeah, to just it, like it gets me pumped. Get yeah, back absolutely. on the board. Um, and also the other thing is, too, uh, I did want to shout out because I was like I was kind of looking at our iTunes um, today and I realized this is something I, it never clicked for me before. Uh, we have a hundred percent five star ratings right now and so i just wanted to give a huge shout out to every single person who has reviewed our show on itunes rated and reviewed it uh that is incredible that's amazing thank you thank you thank you we have nothing that's under five stars so that that is uh, thank you all so much we are perfect there is nothing to improve on on this show (laughs) yeah right we've done it uh no i'm sure i'm sure every (laughs) single person listening right now would say oh no there's things to improve uh maybe give us more than one episode every other month that'd be dope um and that is that is certainly the plan so never never you fret um but yeah, it's 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 very humbling to see that because there's certainly things, you know, Kent and I like we're always trying to make sure that we're improving the show in all aspects. And I do think that especially because a lot of our show is is the content of, you know, or sort of the the knowledge of other people and professionals that, you know, a lot of our content ends up being good because of that because those comic book creators are giving us their knowledge. Uh and so I think the content of our show I really enjoy. For us it's it's more been about figuring out how we can you know, get more of that content out uh, to all of you in a, in a more timely manner. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I that being said, you know, I think the Michelle Fife one is is my favorite just because I get so inspired every time um, I listen to it. But there, yeah, I, I think uh, when I went to re-listen to uh, most of the episodes this season, I it's like some of them I'm listening to my for my third or fifth time, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm still I feel like learning stuff. Yeah, and still absorbing things, and still like, like, oh wow! Uh, so that's the kind of like <laughs> you mentioned this tool very quickly, and I, I for whatever reason wasn't paying attention the last three times that I heard this. But on the fourth, I'm like, oh, okay, let me check this, uh, check this one out. Or I have since started using it, and then they're helping me kind of like understand something. Yeah. It's th- there's so much knowledge in the first season that is, as you said, entirely the creators taking their, their time to kind of let us peek behind the curtain and see how the masters are, are doing it. So it's, uh, it's it's pretty inspiring stuff, and it's pretty... Uh, it's the things that we've been looking for for years. Yeah. <laughs> In our own personal struggles of trying to like make comics and trying to figure it out. It, it's so tough because when you're making... When you kind of like graduate and kind of evolve into a creator that is ready to take on schedule full time and yeah. you have all this knowledge and your, these skills, you don't necessarily have that extra time to pass that knowledge along. It's just like you have no delivery system that's going to work. I mean, writing a book is going to take a fuck ton of work. Mm-hmm. So it's that's beyond of what because uh, comics is a very daunting schedule. Yeah. Uh, to, um, for pretty much any kind of uh, angle, you're going to be chopping it. And being able to pass it on, it's. Uh, I'm a little less. Uh, I want to say eh, resentful. A little less resentful uh, for the knowledge, the lack of knowledge out there, because it's such an unforgiving industry as far as like extra spare time goes. Yeah. Of like trying to like spread it around, and as far as like, oh, it's not like we're. This is an industry that's just pouring money out, and it's easy to uh, pick up those dollars. No, it's it's you're you're working your ass off to just make ends meet, and you're doing it because you love it kind of thing and you just don't necessarily have the time to to share the things that you've whether or not you want to share it uh but with social media it's making it a little bit easier too but then it's you know that this show is uh, very much we've said it before and we'll say it again it's very self-serving for us because we're just we're trying to get better ourselves and we're just trying that's how we met we met through a class uh coloring class for comics yeah we're, we're just we're trying to get uh trying to get better ourselves and we're, we're trying to think of any way we can do it and you know this is a great opportunity for us to be able to share uh knowledge that isn't even ours with other people so <laughs> it's cool it's fun I'm, I'm having a blast yeah no it's 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 very fun and I, I i love making this show and um it's yeah it's it's just it's been so helpful in my own growth as a creator like the the knowledge the knowledge that we've gleaned from from talking to these people uh i i could not count the amount of like actual tangible um you know like real knowledge that i've been able to use going into to making comics every time you know that that came directly from these interviews um i just i really you know i i i i I love the stuff that we've been able to get out of these creators and and i i love how forthcoming comic creators typically are about their process um and so I'm looking forward to doing more of these episodes, man, because it's it's just especially right now, like I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I'm in this spot where I'm really trying to push a lot of things forward. And I'm, I'm you know, kind of trying to break through into that next kind of phase where I've got a lot of things that are actually 
you know, done and going out into the world and trying to figure out, you know, how to put them out and where to put them and, and, you know, kind of going from there rather than sort of this, the phase that I've been in, which is just like writing a lot of things, drawing a lot of things, coloring a lot of things, you know, but a lot of things that like aren't, you know, ready to sort of go, you know, and, and be read by people yet. Um, and so kind of transitioning into this next phase, I feel like a, that will, you know, help to shape some of the questions that start to be asked. Um, you know, where there'll be new things that I didn't even think to ask about before, uh, that will start to come up. Um, but also just because, you know, I, I think it just creates a, a new sort of mentality going into the show. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun. Yeah. What, what are some of your, like, what are some of your favorite kind of like tips or just like, you know, little, little kind of tidbits from, from these episodes that you've, that you've really enjoyed or learned from little knowledge, little knowledge droppings. Yeah. Um, my brain is like <laughs> the uh, choke uh, choke point right now. I'm like uh, 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 so much, uh, so much that it's happened. On a lot of it is just the um, understanding the way the industry works, mm-hmm. and maybe individual like companies or different things like finding out uh, the way whether it was through uh, talking to Sean Makowitz off uh, off mic or on mic. And figuring out that Skybound, uh, even though it's a company at Image, isn't like 100% uh, creator owned. But that's because they're like heavily compensating the creators by kind of doing like almost like a Marvel and DC page rate. Well, and it's also I, I think it's it's different for every book too. Um, sure, yeah, yeah exa- they, exactly. They have different it varies book to book, yeah. but um, it does. And at first you're like, but hey, that's not the Image way. But then you realize like oh, it's because they're paying them well. Mm-hmm like up front and they're giving them a livable more than livable wage yeah it seems like uh something like it seems like it's very fair on the surface when you actually like take a look at it mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to support it of like oh here's uh other um ways that we can help you out too like if you're in the middle of a book you know you want to write for some game stuff like sean mentioned that they got so many things going on right now that they can utilize uh creators in other ways besides just comics yeah uh and it's that's that's amazing because your your funds in comics and it seems like this kind of industry aren't going to come a hundred percent from all just like one source. Yeah. Uh, typically, you're you're going to be bringing in whether it's as a you know if you're an artist you're going to be doing commissions uh, for individual stuff you're going to be doing freelance work uh, on the side and you need all of it uh, a balance of all those things. It's not ever probably going to be just a hundred percent comics, uh, but. That's the kind of the nature of the beast, or or if it is comics, it's not all coming from one project. You're like, oh, I'm just doing this one thing, and that's the only thing that's bringing me money. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. And same thing for writers. Maybe you you know write. Uh, of course, you're writing your comics, but then there's an opportunity to write uh, for a TV show, for video games, for whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, or writing multiple books across multiple publishers. That's you could kind of think of it that way. Is like, oh, you know, I was always going to be a DC writer. I've been write, working for DC for the last four years, but you know, this other company uh, got in touch with me, and I can manage that workload. So it, it just kind of shows that you have to be good at um, multitasking. Yeah, and, and freelance life to, is always that's the thing is like a yeah you know if you're working freelance chances are you're never going to be working you know uh, uh, anything less than a you know fifty hour work week uh, is is kind of a thing to accept yeah. but also that your income is is always going to be coming from numerous places you know and it's it's kind of it's that double edged sword of just like you know 
the price of being able to create and do these things for a living is is that you do end up having to to work a lot harder and be a lot more disciplined you know there's no one there's no one keeping you in your seat there's no one you know telling you to to you know to to wake up at a certain time or to like you know put your stuff down at a certain time you know and like go to bed at you know like little things like that or even just like telling you to like hey you know move on from this like you still have all these other things to do you know like there there's so much to that of and and so yeah like for for a company like skybound just like those situations where they're able to kind of help that that thing just a little bit you know what i mean like to to it's, yeah to be like it's a hey, little yeah. thing that's yeah. actually a big thing exactly um, yeah as uh, as someone who works you know my entire income is 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 you know basically contracted and freelance work like it is very helpful when when you don't have to go and look for the next job you know uh it's it's very nice when, or it's not hard to find the next job exactly <laughs> when when there's sort of an infrastructure there that's like people are coming to you you know asking you to to do this thing or that thing and you're like oh you know, it's and you can choose to to accept or deny it, but either way, it's like nice to just not have to like, you know, scratch and claw to find the next thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting uh, just hearing that stuff, and I I like I like having as much knowledge as I can about the industry. It just helps me uh, feel comfortable navigating yeah. and just understanding like what before anything like because you know uh, you know our goal is to get published or mm, yes that's a goal but it's um it could be taken in a variety of forms i guess our our, our, our goal, goal is for our to work to be read i think is the, is our the goal main is thing. our work to be read and for us to be able to make a living wage off of it yeah absolutely so whatever f- form that takes be it web comics traditional publishing independent whatever yeah, whatever it is totally. uh, and so the i feel like the more knowledge that we have of the past and current practices yeah. it just better arms us uh for you know looking into the future of like before a deal is even brought forth to us of just knowing what the company's about and knowing uh what the standards are across the industry of what what's a good deal what's um what are, who are good people to work with what are the what are the things that kind of stuff is is crazy important because yeah. how it's without um it, it gives you insight into something that normally you just have to jump into uh without any knowledge but having that knowledge of like what's on the other side and what's happening behind the closed doors not necessarily trying to be closed doors yeah but just the nature of the fact it's like well you aren't there this is a deal between these two uh, individuals yeah uh, this company and that person kind of thing but it's it's good to know of like oh you and knowing what the, the company wants to publish is everything it's all the knowledge Knowledge is power, and the comics industry is no different yep. uh, with that kind of stuff. And so it's that 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 kind of stuff was uh, very helpful and insightful on just trying to figure out the things. Uh, let's see what else. There was so much like casual off, like people just dropping little crumbs. Where I'm like, wait, what the? Like, just I'm trying to think of like all the other um, things. Did you have a little like tip yeah. that you'd uh, picked up? Yeah. What do you got? Uh, one one of the things, and it's it's one that like you know, with writing being my my biggest focus, um, you know, but but drawing being the thing that I'm spending the most time trying to learn right now. Uh, a, a thing that Robert Kirkman said to me is is one. It's it's a small thing, but but it's really stuck with me, and it's been a thing that I've like been doing my best to like hammer home into my process um, to make sure that I, you know, to to to, to really push it because I, I kind of you know it's like I, I see 
the mark of where I will need to be in order to be a, a, a consistent working professional in this industry. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get my my schedule and my discipline up to that level so that I know, you know, once I'm able to get that work that I'm prepared for it. Um, and something that, that Kirkman said to me has, has like really stuck with me. And what he said was that he, he had to make sure that he, and, and he had to force himself to be able to write no matter where he is, no matter, you know, what time, whatever, like that he has no pre-existing conditions that need to be met for him to create. Um, and I, I don't think, need this incense burning. I don't need this this hour of the morning. Yeah, I don't only, need to be. I in, work from nine to yeah, 11. I don't need to be in this room. I don't need to have this keyboard. I don't need to have you know my coffee, like whatever you know, whatever little things like that. You know, he's he's a guy who just he he writes wherever he is. You know, like because he has to. You know, his schedule is such that like he has to be able to get these things done no matter where in the world he is, no matter what he's got going around him, no matter how busy he is in a day, right? Like you just get done with, you know, a, a, a long interview and you have 10 minutes before you have to like go to set for a thing or go to some, you know, premiere event or whatever. And you have an artist who needs a script. Okay. Like I got to sit down and like finish that script so I can get it over to him type thing. Like, you know, that, that level of discipline where I think a lot of us, especially, you know, when, when no one is asking us to do it, no one is paying us to do it. A lot of us have a tendency to be like, you know, in our head, we're like, oh yeah, I need to get that done, but I'll go do this, you know, or, or, but I'll, I'll distract myself for, you know, 20 minutes, which ends up turning into an hour, which ends up turning into three hours, which ends up turning into five hours. And all of a sudden it's nighttime and you're like, okay, well, I got to go do this now. Uh, you know, yep. and and I think it happens to all of us. I think anyone who's who's you know doing this sort of on their own can relate to that and can point to instances where they've allowed those other things to get in the way, and we all do it consistently. Um, yeah, and that's that's the, that's exactly and likewise. That's the thing that I'm trying to hammer out of myself is you know to to sort of keep a running agenda of what I need to get done. And to sit down and not browse around on the internet, not look for like arbitrary things that I convince myself I'm like tangentially benefiting myself with. You know what I mean? Like these little things where I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm so guilty. So totally. Guilty. We, again, it's like we all are, but it's like we'll find these little things where it's like, oh no, but I'll do this, and then it'll help me in this weird way, you know? Like and and because I do this, then it'll make everything else easier for me. But like at the end of the day, it's just prolonging. It's coming from a place, at least what I've noticed in myself, you know, is is that it's coming from a place of uncertainty. You know, I, I, I am uncertain about what exactly I need to do on that script or that page or whatever. You know, I don't know exactly how I'm going to approach it. I haven't figured out all the problems. And so rather than sitting down to figure out those problems and figure out what I need to do, I distract myself with other things until like the solution for that problem comes to me. And sometimes it just freaking doesn't unless I force myself to, you know, um, a big example of that was, was recently I'm, so I'm working with an artist on a two page story for an anthology right now. And basically what happened is I, I saw her stuff and, and I, you know, she posted that she was looking for a writer for a two page story. And when I saw her stuff, I was like, Oh yeah, I really want to work with her. I like her stuff a lot. I had no idea what a, I had no idea if I could even write a two page story that was satisfying. Uh, but also I had no ideas for a two page story, you know, like I, my first approach was like, Oh, maybe I'll like think of like, let me think of some other story ideas that I've had before, you know, and like, you know, figure out like, 
if I could make something fit for that two page story or whatever. Uh, but I basically I reached out just to like ask, you know, my I guess my first step there was just to reach out and be like, hey, you know, I want to send you something, you know, but just like wondering like what type of things you like to draw if there's anything particularly you're looking to get out of this whatever um and so she just gave me a couple of little things like you know the type of world that she was sort of kind of looking at you know drawing for this thing and and i like maybe one other minor thing and that was really it but then i at least i had i had some small thing right and so i you know approached that that problem and it gave me at the very least it gave me like a type of world to go for uh and so then and she, you know, I knew that like she was getting other proposals and that she wanted to like get something figured out quick. So I basically just went, okay, cool. Like I am going to sit down at this computer and I'm not leaving until I have that script done and sent to her. Uh, and so I, I had no, I had no clue about characters. I had no clue about what type of story I wanted to tell or anything, but eventually it was just like, you do enough sort of like soul searching and again, just like staying in the chair and not you know, going down random Wikipedia rabbit holes or whatever, you know, the, just the like Jim Lee belts yourself into the, into the chair method. Exactly. And so, you know, basically it turned out, I think I spent about, let's see, four or five hours, uh, sitting down and just thinking through like, what stories do I like? What do I want to tell? What is compelling to me? What type of story can I tell in two pages? How can I take that story type and, and sort of condense it and compress it? Like, you know, and, and still make it breathable. How can I, int- you know, introduce characters with a very quick way? What's a fun, hooky concept that, you know, can sort of be resolved really quickly? Um, you know, and so it was just a simple thing of like, oh, okay, I like crime movies. You know, crime movies are a thing that I really enjoy a lot. So maybe this will be a crime story, you know, and this is uh, for a science fiction anthology. So it has to be sci-fi. And she said she likes kind of cyberpunky sort of uh, uh, Akira type world. So, you know, set in something like that. Okay, I've got a crime story there what type of crime maybe it's like a heist you know and then how do i pull off a heist in a you know two page setting maybe it's like right after a heist maybe it's sort of like the the escape plan from a heist you know like just sort of going down more granularly and just keep forcing myself to stay there and continue to think about it and and ask questions about what i need ask myself these questions so that i was forced to find answers and then again within you know 4 or 5 hours i have a full two page script that i sent to her and thankfully she ended up really liking my script and so now we're working together uh you know but it, but it's it's you know it's just it's it's one of those things like the 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 only real the most successful things I've ever done have been situations where I have sat down and told myself that I'm not getting up until I hit X, you know, like whatever benchmark it is. Um, you know, the script for, for the comic that you and I are working on together, Kent, like that script was another result of like me being like, all right, I want to write something fun. I want to write something enjoyable and I'm going to sit down until I have the full outline done, you know, which was, that was the first impetus for it was, was the outline. And so I sat in, I think it was a coffee shop for, again yeah another it was like four hours or so like figuring out okay what type of story do i want to tell what's the world what are the characters like whatever um and i think that that's that's one of those big things right is that a lot of people and and i think most of us have a problem consistently doing that uh without somebody you know basically telling us that we have to do it uh otherwise we don't get paid type thing um and I yeah. think that's tough because if you don't learn that skill until you're getting paid, then there is no room for error, you know? Uh, <laughs> and so you don't, you don't want your first outing on a paid job to be the time you fuck up. You know what I mean? Like fuck up before, before anyone's paying you. 
Work like, out the kinks before you, you hit the big leagues. Exactly. Work out the kinks. Hit the hit the ground running. Like be able to sort of figure out your 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 shortcomings and your pitfalls and the things that you'll have to watch out for before someone's saying, "Hey, we need this thing by this date." Uh, you know, with this paycheck. Because also the thing that I've learned too from people that I know who are kind of on the early ends of this and just getting like some of their first gigs is that the deadlines are not very forgiving, even if it's your first sequential work. Uh, they're not forgiving at all, in fact. And so if, you know, it's not a case where it's like publishers or editors or whoever are like, oh, yeah, they're new. Like, we'll give them a little bit more time. Like, no, they've got a schedule to hit. Uh, you know, they've got they've got masters that need to be served. And so, you know, chances are whatever work that you're getting starting out is going to be kind of, you know, a lesser known property or, a, you know, a, a thing for a, a smaller publisher. And the smaller the publisher is, the more important it is that that cash flow stays consistent, you know, Um and so it's it's there's never going to be that ideal situation where it's like an editor pulls you in and they go, hey, I know you're just starting out. So you've got two months for this issue, you know, like page every other day. It's totally fine. We'll get you ramped up like it is expected when you take a professional job that you can hit professional standards. And so for me, that terrifies me. <laughs> and so I want to make sure that before I have an opportunity like that, that I have prepared myself as much as possible to to combat that you know to be to be ready to be sort of battle hardened right that i've gone through basic training and now i'm ready to be deployed <laughs> in the war <laughs> a lot of uh combat metaphors uh, <laughs> dude i mean uh, I, I, I do like i do like looking at it as a war i i think that that's you know because because i i do like not to not to get all fucking artsy fartsy grandiose about it but i do look at it as kind of a life and death thing right like if if you view if you view your goal in, in life to be a creator as to be a creator, right? Like if, if that is your goal in life is to create, then it is kind of life and death, right? Like the life of, of you as a creator depends on your ability to weather the storm, to weather the battle, to weather the war. Uh, and so it's, it, it's imperative that you sort of prepare yourself mentally, physically, you know, just like to get that discipline to, to hammer at home. Um, and it's always encouraging to me too, like, the other thing that really helps my mentality is to see creators like um, Hayden Sherman, uh, Charles Soule, Jeff Lemire. Uh, uh, God, I'm blanking on names, but like... Pe- no, pe- you're not. <laughs> you just dropped like four. <laughs> sure. But pe- people like that who are able to do, you know, like Hayden Sherman, for instance, is an artist who has been consistently over the past I don't, two and a half years, maybe even more, consistently able to draw more than one book every month uh and sometimes even coloring those books as well uh and so i seeing that people you know and also like charles soul jeff lemire people who can write like six books a month and then also be doing a novel or a screenplay or whatever on top of that or drawing on top of that uh seeing that those people can do it to me i know for a lot of people that's a little discouraging for me it's very encouraging because my thought is always if it can be done then i can do it um you know i i i i'm very much of the mindset that like if if someone else out there can get that done can do that thing then you know i i can get there as long as i practice hard enough and i i work hard enough and and get over whatever my mental hurdles are um and that's another thing robert kirkman is another one of those names like he's someone who is able to do a lot uh because he's had to you know because he's forced himself to be able to and so to tie it all back together uh that little nugget that he dropped has been like a huge source of um 
inspiration, encouragement, and advice for me that I've kind of like really kept in my mind since talking to him a year ago. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about it like while and you were talking. And that's my TED talk. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Uh, <laughs> cue standing ovation. Uh, it was very good. Uh, I was thinking about while uh, you were talking that, uh, yeah, with me, the the times that I got most of my work done and that my greatest amount Mm-hmm. of uh production wait, was I'm able a, to be realized wait, hold on hold on it's 24-hour comic book day uh that was one of okay. three examples i was thinking of i thought i was gonna guess uh, your guess your example uh no that's that's fair it was it was one of three uh it was gonna eventually come up uh and the there was the the 24-hour comic book day uh which we've discussed yeah. uh the next one was while I was uh, working at the previous job that I'd had, oh. and I, I'd hated it a bunch. I really hated that job. Yeah. And I took every possible free moment of my schedule uh, that I could, you know, obviously sleeping, eating, uh, commuting. Um, but it's like, okay, we got 10 minute breaks, uh, two 10 minute breaks, mm-hmm. and one hour lunch. And I said no 99% of the times to go out to lunch with my coworkers who were nice enough to invite me and they were they were supportive. I didn't dislike my coworkers. I disliked the job. Yeah. Um and I would go, okay, ten minute break, cool. I'm gonna go draw uh the comic, not just doodle. Like I'm working on the, I'm working on this page. Uh and, and that was I'm like doing the math. I'm like, oh man, that's uh twenty minutes, that's a uh, hundred minutes. Every just just on the breaks, that's a hundred minutes a week. That's about an hour and a half, and then that's five lunches. That's five hours. You know, you have to eat while you're doing that too. But I also managed to eat while working, so a, a lot of the time. So I would then go take that hour lunch and just work. Uh, yeah. So obviously, it's not a perfect hour lunch, but that's five hours a week. That's that's half a day of a, like of like oh, I work eight hours a day. Cool. Well, five hours uh, added up. It made me get make. I made a comic with that stuff, with that spare nuggets of time, and then going home at night and working on it, yeah, as well. But the it also helped me kind of like work out the the. I was always sharp and fresh because I was always working on it. Um, it was very difficult though because of that. That comic was I was uh, doing all the things. I was mm-hmm. doing the which you probably heard me talk about on the show before. I did the the writing, the penciling, the inking, the coloring, the lettering, and that was a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do all that because the skill sets were always atrophying mm-hmm. uh, constantly uh, and just trying to relearn the skills. But uh, while doing that, I was basically the most work I felt like I got done mm-hmm. uh, was yes, 24 hour comic book day, but that was only for 20, that was only 20, <laughs> 22 hours of actual work because uh-huh. uh, I left two hours early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more work happened after the fact. It was a good. It was a hell of a fucking start. Yeah. It was a great start. It was a banner start. But um, the rest of the work happened while I was pretty much working on a working a full time job. Yeah, and I made a lot of sacrifices. Uh, and it was and that word has become more of a positive thing. Sacrifice is usually negative. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the shift mm-hmm. of the word. I don't know if that's necessarily 
always the interpretation of it, the I, I like the sacrifice because yeah. it usually in my head means you're giving up something meaningful for something even more meaningful. Yeah. Even bigger than that. And I was giving up uh those lunches with coworkers and those uh hangouts after work kind of things, the social stuff, uh going to the movies, all those things that didn't fill my soul the way creating did. Yeah. And it wasn't only it was only when I felt like because I, I had to work a lot of time, put a lot of hours into that job, and the more they took away from me, the more angry I was that they were taking it from me, that I they were taking that. my time. Uh, and it was funny is the more time that I had to, the less time that I had to to work, the more I managed to work while working that job. And because I was focused, I was like, because when I'm working on my job, I'm not thinking about like I'm getting my work done and trying to get. But when when I'm just sitting there grinding away at whatever the job was that I didn't have to be thinking about, I was thinking about what am I going to do next? I I was listening to comic pot like podcasts that were helping inspire me, whether it was just interviews, whether it was, I mean, just pretty much interviews. Um, but it was getting me pumped and it was making me, maybe I'd be thinking about this, uh, learn something new or whatever, but it was keeping me like in in the game. And it's funny is that like, while you're talking about all that stuff of like, Oh, doing this, I'm like, man, when I was working a full time job was when I probably got the most work done in my, my time. I'm like, and that was more than a year ago. Uh, I mean, a lot, a hell of a lot's happened to me professionally and personally in between that time. Uh, a lot has changed in my life, yeah. uh, but uh, at that peak moment there, for I think it was like a three or four month window, uh-huh. I was I was producing a f- like a good amount of work that I was proud of. Uh, that's the most work I've ever produced. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so it's it's just funny of like I'm like man, because I, I I raged at that job internally and i let it all out onto the page and i i was super i was the most focused i've ever been uh was then at that full-time job and i was like man that was full-time work commute all the things yeah and uh i had started a new relationship a couple months beforehand so i was still finding uh time to do that as well uh but still managed to get that that comic done uh yeah that that was the the one uh the other one was uh, the recent one that you and I are working on, mm-hmm. uh, when we had that deadline. Yep. Yeah. That deadline really moved pages. It did, man. And that's, it's another thing I've us. learned, you know, it's like, it's, there's a few things. I mean, the, I think the first thing is like learning to, to impose deadlines on yourself, you know, which, which makes you, you know, work quicker and harder and all that stuff. Um, and it also forces you to, to work smarter. Uh, and I think that's a big part of it too. It's like, you know, yeah spending if it's if the goal is just like i'm gonna spend eight hours a day working on comics you know you could you could still spend an entire year and get three pages done you know what i mean like it's a very vague goal and and you know you can spend tons of time just miring yourself in weird details about like oh i'm gonna design this you know this this building or i'm gonna you know work on this face or like these expressions or whatever and like build a lot of stuff into it or you can go okay you know rather than like you know obviously like 24 hour comic book day or whatever or setting this deadline being like okay i have a deadline of you know six hours today four hours whatever your time is and then just determining the appropriate amount of things to get done in that right like even if it's okay in the next two hours i will get 
a panel done, you know, uh, or whatever, like setting those micro deadlines for yourself, even, you know, Ooh, even like a, a panel a, a day. micro deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Even doing, even panel, doing, even saying panel like. Panel a day is still, like, you're still getting work done. If that's all you can manage. Yeah, man. It's. If your schedule is so, you got, you know, you got uh, a relationship possibly children a full-time job a commute and you can only manage a panel a day that's still a panel a day yeah absolutely and i mean if if you do if you do let's say um if you do a panel a day and the average page is about uh uh five panels you'll still have 73 pages at the end of the at the end of the year and that's that's with that's with the average being five you know let's say the average is like four right or even three like if we do 365 days divided by four, um, yeah, 365 divided by 91 four. 91 pages. That's a graphic novel. Yeah, exactly. Like you have a full graphic novel at the end of the year if you're doing a panel a day. Um, <laughs> and so, and it also, it like. Oh my God, I'm not at that rate. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like me too. It's, it's kind of a wake up call to be like, oh shit, I'm not even doing a panel a day uh professional artists are doing a page a day and i'm not even doing a panel like but that's the thing is it's not about what you what it's not about your capabilities that's not what's holding you back it's no, it's 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 just the, the the consciousness of it the okay i'm going to spend four hours at my table i'm going to spend two hours at my table i'm going to spend six hours whatever it is you know the time and just being like at the very least i'm gonna get a panel done today you know and working yourself up you know it's like if you go you know a week and you get a panel done every day that week then you know maybe you go okay two panels a day next week right like you start ramping yourself up or you just go okay you know a panel in four hours a panel in three hours a panel in two hours whatever it is you know like allow yourself to speed up and if your goal is to be able to work at a professional rate then yeah don't don't just start off being like all right i need to do a page a day start off being like okay you know like panel a day or a panel in four hours or whatever and then just slowly get there work yourself up to that don't don't look at the big picture, you know, don't look at what you need to get to. Just look at where your next step is. You know, you don't, you don't get up the stairs by, or you don't, you don't get to another level of a building by, by looking at the doorway at the top of the stairs, you know, like you have to take each step one at a time. Um, you know, so I I think, I think it's an important illustration to just be like, okay, cool. Like just even to start out being like, okay, I will find an hour, you know, or two hours each day to sit down and draw one panel um yeah I, I i remember with that job like i i did more with an hour lunch than some weeks that i've had after since that job i feel you i i'm like I'm, I, I'm I, there I, I was the the heart was in it <laughs> and it was i was i was laser laser focused um yeah, not to say you didn't have a blank canvas to work with yeah, exactly. Like, you're, like I you're, knew you're, what I wanted to do. Yeah, the, the canvas of your life was like, okay, here are the specific places that I can fit this in. Rather than I was so fucking pissed off. I, I yeah. cannot express how angry I was that I wasn't able that this job was taking so much of my time yeah. uh, for, away from comics and away from getting art done. Yeah, uh, and uh, I it managed to teach me that I uh, between that and yeah, I had two back to back jobs that I hated. Yeah. Uh, beyond words and pulled out of me uh, and it was angry because I felt like it was wasting my time and I'm mm-hmm. sure that there's a lot of people who listen to this that can <laughs> agree with that and yeah. feel with that uh, thing but at the same time um, I with both of those jobs I 
I got a good amount of work done while working that job because it was so inspiring. Yeah. In such a negative way. Um, I don't tend to do well in the long run. Uh-huh. Well, with the negative motivation, but um, it was a it was an eye opener of like, oh, um, I if you let all those mic um, let's keep using the word micro, but uh, those micro slivers of time, mm-hmm. uh, all those crumbs of time that you're like, oh, well, I need I need two hours. I can't use forty five minutes. Yeah, you can. Yeah, doesn't matter what you're working on. You can you can use twenty minutes. You yeah. can. You exactly. can move the needle 10 minutes and you're like, well, I didn't get anything done. Yeah, but you got – even if the, the needle didn't move, uh-huh. sometimes R&D is a part of the the process and sometimes yeah. working it out. Well, and even – Like, oh, this character is doing this or uh, mm-hmm. no, that doesn't quite work. Well, guess what? You're probably going to hit that, oh, this doesn't quite work no matter what. You needed yeah. that – in that eight hours, it was always going to happen. Yep. It's just uh, a matter of how quick you got there. Exactly. Yeah, and I think there's also a point of yeah, just being like, okay, cool. Like I managed to like, you know, I had I had, you know, 20 minutes there and I drew an arm. Okay, cool. Like that's that's 20 minutes I won't need to spend later, you know. And again, it's like it's all cumulative. It all adds up. And one thing I've done yeah. too. This is the thing I've done a few times before is I tend to keep sticky notes with me no matter where I go. Like I'll have them in my bag or in my pocket or something like that, just like a pad of sticky notes. And I have I have drawn like forms or, or poses or things like that on sticky notes or even faces. And then just, you know, you can, I mean, obviously you can lightbox them or just like taking a picture on my phone and then put it on an underlayer on my Photoshop document. And so it's like little things that will actually, you know, I can just resize and then draw over it in Photoshop. Uh, and it allows me to actually like have, you know, to keep, making progress on these pages even if i don't have my surface with me or whatever like that i can still draw like i know i have my script you know it's on my phone like i can still know where i'm going and what i need to do and so i can just do small parts of a panel on a sticky note or if it's a small enough panel or whatever then i can do the whole panel at least rough on the sticky note and then it's again like all i have to do is throw it into photoshop and ink over it um and use it as basically yeah. a reference photo. Like there's there's little things that you can do even if you don't have your tools or your equipment. You can still draw roughs on sticky notes. You can still draw roughs on on you know pieces of printer paper. Like you know, and then just translating it in later. Uh, you know, yeah. When we were working help. on the 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 comic that we're working on on mm-hmm. the stretch before uh, the deadline, uh, there were pages that I was like, ah, oh, you know what, um, this this angle i'd been doing so many character sketches because i wanted the character to look right and then i finally got it on the last drawing and i'm like cool done drawing this character and then we went to go do a panel and i'm like you know what the exact specific thing that i want from this character is the drawing that i just did Mm -hmm. uh in my sketchbook and or it was like a very close approximation i'm like you know rather than reinventing the wheel I'm just going to take a picture of this drawing that I did yeah. and then ink over that. Fo- and like I was over, I was at a remote location. I wasn't working in my studio. I was like, hanging out at my girlfriend's house. And I was like, you know what? I, this sketchbook that I have right here and I don't mm-hmm. have my scanner with me mm-hmm. and I don't have the time to do another. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take a photo of it with my phone. Uh, I'm going to s- just drop that photo into clip studio and I'm going to yep. ink over it. And I did that more than once. Yeah, man. And it's helpful. That's the thing is like if you're using something as an underdrawing, it doesn't have to be a perfect scan, you know, like just take a f- picture on your phone and you'll fix it in your inks. Like, you know, it's it's we, we, we exactly. tend to overcomplicate things, right? Like even talking about that, you said it right there, like you weren't at your studio, right? Like we tend to be like, oh, yeah, I have to be like in my environment, you know, to work like I have to to be here or there. And, and you know, it's 
again, like if, you know, I used to be like, oh, I had to be at this place to write, but then I, you know, got my job on Sabrina and I had to write most of the things I was writing in my office at Sabrina with the crazy fluorescent lighting and the chaos going on around me and, you know, the kind of like weird, stressful cloud that your job brings. Like, but again, it's like, it's perfectly possible. We just all tend to overcomplicate our own, you know, our own process. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, there, there's a, there's a balance to be struck there for sure. Uh, there's a balance. Yeah. But I mean, and actually boat hard, that's, I mean, boat hard's a prime example. Not a single bit of coloring on that comic happened away from actually a tiny bit of coloring happened away from my office at Sabrina. Um, none of it happened at home where I normally work. Um, and a little bit happened over at your place. Uh, but yeah. for the most part, like boat hard was, was both lettered and colored and even actually at least an entire page of that comic was drawn um at my office on sabrina if not two pages uh and so again it's like it's like you'd be surprised how much spare time you can have like in between like all your tasks are done or there's really uh you're on your lunch or whatever uh, and you're like nah i don't i don't have time to get it's like I do remember sacrificing a fair amount and it was very mm-hmm. tempting to go to lunch with some coworkers and they were, they were nice people, but I was like, you know what? I'm how many coworkers have you had that you don't talk to anymore? Cause you yeah. moved to a different job and it was, and it's not a career that you're trying to mm-hmm. move with like networking or something. Well, and I think, uh, I think that's also a part of like, you know, it kind of lends into working smarter, right? Like, it's yeah. we all you know quite often we'll have relationships or we'll have things that like we we want to you know to keep and so we're not going to you know you don't want to sacrifice every personal relationship you have to create no and so where that comes in is being like okay like here is the amount of time i'm going to spend on this you know per day or whatever uh setting that time being like okay cool like i will see my you know my my partner my spouse whoever like you know, after that time, I will hang out with them after that time, but I'm going to spend these two hours after work or these four hours in the morning or whatever, you know, like whatever the time may be and just being like, okay, cool. I'm up by this time or I'm, you know, in my desk by this time, scheduling that and just being like, and in that window, in this two hours, in this four hours, in the six hours, whatever it is in this window, I will accomplish X, you know, and you sit there for that time. Maybe not every day you fully hit it, but you know, you know, you start to realize how, and also like if you're trying to like get under that deadline, you'll start to realize ways that you can work smarter. You know, you start to noodle things a lot less, you know, you, you start to add a lot less unnecessary lines. You start to like really bear down to the essentials because again, that deadline will force you to work smarter. So that way it doesn't take, you know, as long to draw a page, like even the same exact page just wouldn't take you quite as long once you've been really working in that sort of repetitious process because you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the ways that you can cut down on the unnecessary time. Um, yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to think of because we've, we've talked about this before of like setting deadlines for yourself. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think I just had an idea of like one way to do it is maybe signing up for an anthology or something where you're yeah. dedicating yourself to a very small amount of pages that normally you'd have to be doing at a professional level of 100%. whether it's four to six to eight, yeah. whatever the number and, is, um, having that deadline of something that's a smaller goal. Yeah. Uh, but you can kind of see how long that task took and kind of maybe do some math on mm-hmm. how can I do this better or, but at least it gives you that because sometimes, you know what the best, um, when you're working professionally, most of those deadlines are not going to be coming from yourself. But I, I, I know what you're saying of trying to jump in. But at least with like an anthology, there's a there's an end yeah. to it. There's a it's a short time thing, and if well, it's not 
something that you can find, maybe just put together yourself with a couple of buddies. Yeah, well, and that's what I mean too. Is like even if you just have your own, you know, if it's if it's a four page story that you want to do and just put out as a web comic or put out on Instagram or whatever, um, you know, like it, that is you know something that's something tangible. Like yeah, you 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 know write yourself a story or get a story from another writer, and that way you do have your endpoint. But yeah, like you're saying, deadline for anthologies is great. And actually, I mean, the thing that I'm doing that two pager that I wrote, it's for uh, an anthology that anyone you know can can submit to. It's the um, it's called Untold Worlds. It's uh, an anthology that's on uh, the Comic Book Collabs subreddit. So you go reddit.com slash r slash comic book collabs. Uh, and it's it's an anthology entirely of two-page uh, uh, sci-fi short stories. You can go and see all the details. But that's a good one that's going on right now. I mean, this, this episode's going to be up, I mean, like maybe a day or two after we record it. And so that's one that's still up right now. And you can go on, check the deadline and see, yeah, like two pages, that's not a lot you know it's a challenge to write and fit your storytelling into there and still make it compelling trust me it's it is a challenge but it's one that that is certainly you know doable and and you know it's it's good to try your hand at it you know like start submitting for anthologies yeah it's that's golden kent like it's a good way to impose deadlines on yourself yeah exactly it's you're posing it on yourself but at least you you know what is going to be asked of you ahead of time mm-hmm. and then you have like a clear like you know what i don't know how much i can do but there you go two pages if you can't do two pages like that's you should be able to do two pages no matter what your your job is within you know a certain amount of uh time obviously if the deadline's due tomorrow not necessarily the the two pit i mean <laughs> two even then a lot <laughs> but even then exactly even then maybe maybe try it but everyone's you know everyone's situation is different so i don't want to uh be calling anyone out but if you have a month to do two pages i think most people can get two pages done in a month yeah and i don't know when the deadline is but uh that kind of th- that, that kind of it's a good example of like oh, you know what, an anthology and then the other thing i was thinking about while, while we were both talking was um when you're shooting for a deadline especially a self-imposed one yeah. Um, if you miss it, yeah, it sucks, but also my, I mean, if we're gonna use a 24 hour comics day example, my goal was to get 24 pages done. Well, yeah. I, 24 finished inked pages. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any, I got one inked page and 17 other penciled pages, but I walked out with eight, I, I'll just call it 18 pencils. Yeah. I walked out with 18 pages of pencils the next day. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I, I'm sure that's the... <laughs> like, I, I I would venture to say that's probably the most amount of pages you've ever done in a month. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a month? Sure, yeah. I'll yeah. call it that. For and pencils? So, yes. Yeah, and so that's what I mean. Like, that, that is... That is Again, that that shows the incredible exponential power that having a deadline imposes on someone is is that in 24 hours you were able to pencil more pages than otherwise you've done in a month because otherwise there hasn't been as much of a deadline. And I again, like this is something that I'm, you know, like we constantly us, bring this this conversation. We always find our way back to this conversation of the deadlines, yes. and it's because it's the, the most important thing. It's the most important thing for for an aspiring creator more than any of the craft stuff, the theory stuff that we talk about. The deadlines. It's 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 very important, man. And you know, I mean, uh, like I've talked about it with Boathard. I I wrote that script in a few hours. I drew the first three pages in like four days, uh, and then it took me another week. And again, like and and all of these things, every every delay I'm about to say has nothing to do with me sitting down and working on it and taking forever to do it while I was working on it. It has everything to to do with me not quite being sure how I was going to do it and therefore avoiding it. Uh, after I drew the first three pages in a week, 
it took me at least another week to draw the fourth one. I think maybe even a little longer. And then it took me like a month and a half or something like that to color it. Like just ridiculous things that I was like uh, imposing, like, you know, or, or prevent limiting myself from doing these things just because I was insecure about what I was going to be able to accomplish, you know, or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's a totally normal thing, but it, it does illustrate like deadlines are important. You know, they're important to just make you cut through your own bullshit. It was definitely uh watching you from the sidelines. It was like a tortoise in the hair. You, you came out like the hair where you're like super fast, crazy, explosive beginning, and then dragged your feet. That said, on the yep. sidelines, I wasn't doing jack shit. So <laughs> uh not uh not judging on that accord no, but just seeing the progress of what you got done in that that amount of window and yeah you're gonna have those uh, we're all gonna have those uh moments of mm-hmm. of creative creative uh explosive things where you're you're more than the sum of your parts that you're 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 larger than life and you're getting all these pages done but it seems consistently that um when you have proper motivation and or a deadline yeah. it's kind of the kind of the thing yeah uh so I think, I think you know, to sort of like you know start to 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 wrap up this this episode. I think maybe the biggest theme or lesson that we've kind of picked up from the entire first year, first season of this podcast is really, I think the biggest overarching theme is that we've picked up the lesson that like we need deadlines. Uh, that's probably the number one lesson, at least in in my head. Is that do you, do you agree with that? Um, I agree that it's a very good lesson. Uh, it's not what I was finding with the interview. I mean, it's not that we're, it's not where the interviews were going, but it's definitely the, one of the most powerful tools that yeah. I'm ignoring. And Although I will I, like, I do think a, it, it's not quite where all the interviews were going. However, I do think it's something that came up quite a bit. I think like Daniel Warren Johnson talked about it when he was doing space mullet, that that was a huge help for him. Um, Michelle Fife also talked about that, that, you know, especially for them. Daniel Warren Johnson talking about doing the, uh, green leader. Exactly. Exactly uh and stuff like that and so it's, it is a thing that recurs ed brisson i know talked about that um you know like it's a thing that continued to come up even though it wasn't the overarching theme of every conversation it was like the little the little seed that kept you know sort of reoccurring in in a lot of episodes um maybe i just don't want it to be the theme <laughs> oh yeah none of uh, us do <laughs> none of us want it like no one of us want these deadlines because yeah. yeah deadlines suck to deal with but at the end of the day they're they're the unfortunate truth that's going to make us better yeah well maybe uh, it's I, I i i tend to get better when i take some i i, I fight the current less mm-hmm. the sometimes fighting the current is exactly what needs to be done and it's the most rewarding thing ever but sometimes uh, realizing that the current uh, could be your friend if you just went with it yep. uh, instead of raging against the the barriers of like, ah, just stop trying to make me get things done. I'll get it done when it gets done. Maybe it's like, you know, maybe that maybe the deadline is your best friend mm-hmm. and your greatest ally uh, that you've ever had in your entire life. When I always um, look to like in, in film, especially and even in comics, right? Like Frank Miller's best work came when he had the most creative restrictions and and was under the gun on his deadlines the most right like dark knight returns daredevil you know sin city like his his seminal works were the ones that happened when he still had you know masters to serve in a way right uh same goes for like the wachowskis in film like their best films you know they they haven't really made a successful film since they've been without restrictions uh you know they 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 invite creativity yeah. restrictions do and so i think it's it's an important component that no creator wants to have 
but every creator needs, I think. Yeah. I was going to see something epic and prolific, but I totally forgot. It was something about the deadline. <laughs> uh, ooh, I, I hate to leave that nugget, but it's that's All my good. brain. That's how Maybe. it works. I always... Always losing it. Yeah, maybe they'll um, come back to you, but um, I think uh, I think now it's sort of just time for like general kind of housekeeping, talking about like what's you know sort of to come in, in the next season. Um, sure. One of the big things. So basically, the the format of the show will change a bit. Um, it'll be it'll definitely be a bit less structured. Um, the theme will still always be the same. Like the thing that we're we're trying to do is is learn more about making comics. Um, and so there, what may end up happening is we may have like kind of a pre-recorded intro and even a pre-recorded ad break that we just kind of insert into some of these episodes because one of the hardest things with our scheduling has been to get Kent record and I that stuff. exactly to get to get Kent and I on the same schedule so that we can record the intro and the ad break and the outro for each episode, um, and that's what usually causes the delay. Like we've never been short on interviews. Um, <laughs> Never. And so we just, we usually get caught up in like trying to just get us on the same schedule so that we can intro and outro the show together. Um, and so we may end up just pre recording some of those and like kind of having it be a little more truncated, uh, where within the body of the interview, we kind of introduce, you know, sort of the subject and, and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but then in the intro, we're just like, you know, hey, this is the show. This is what it's about. Let's kick it on into the interview, whatever, you know, like something. Yeah, we might, we might have to, you know, streamline it a little bit which is sad because you know we love doing mm-hmm. every element of this stuff but it's like what's what's more important having it be perfect or having it be finished <laughs> yeah exactly finish and so i think finish i think it's perfect. like and, and again no one like as much as we enjoy that stuff i don't think anybody listening right now is coming to the show for the intro you know uh, exactly it's the body of the show that's important and the body of the show is probably never going to change you know it's always going to be like you know interviewing creators and talking about craft like those two things will just always be important elements and components um and so yeah we're, we're just we're trying to repackage a bit to make it a more and so i feel like those small changes are going mm-hmm. to revolutionize our, our productivity on the show i think so and i just i just i hate not like ha- having a consistent release schedule like it's it's it sucks and the bottleneck is certainly like you know you know a, a quite quite a lot of the bottleneck is is due to me um and so it, it's something that I want to make sure that I can, you know, combat as much as possible and kind of like, you know, search for solutions to, to get this stuff done. Um, yeah, yeah, well, thank you for all the editing, man. I haven't <laughs> done a, a single minute of editing this entire season. So editing thank you. is so fun. It's my mm-hmm. favorite thing in the world. Um yeah, uh and so that that all that all being said, you know, we've we've got season two uh coming very shortly um like and and once you start seeing season two episodes trust me you will be seeing them pretty fucking regularly um that i i don't think season two will be a season where you know we go a month without an episode or anything like that i think it'll be a lot more consistent um and part of that will be probably because there will be pre-recorded elements but at the same time the interviews will still be just as golden uh and so and again, like there are some creators in season two that are some heavy hitters that gave us some really, really awesome knowledge. So I'm stoked for you guys to hear them. Um, and yeah, and then the nice thing will be too going into season three, uh, I will finally be able to like kind of reach out and book some new guests. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've both been kind of uh, laying off on the booking new guests because of our backlog. Yeah, exactly. And so it's and and there's there's at least five different people who I have like talked to 
that are down to come on the show, that want to come on the show, who I respect as creators, and I can't wait to hear their knowledge, but I don't want to bring them on before we're able to to get that stuff out. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, but it, it'll be fun. So season two is going to be awesome. We're, we're going to be getting through some interviews that we've had sitting on the shelf for a bit, um, and they're all amazing. I love these creators that we have here, and it's a good balance of, like, you know, big name, well-known creators and also indie, you know, like new creators who are just putting out like their, their early works, you know, their first, their second, whatever books. Um, and so I'm, I'm stoked for, for all this stuff to start, you know, coming out. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what season two is looking like. I don't have a final count on how many episodes season two is going to be. Um, but it'll, it'll at the very least be in double digits. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time, Kent, especially that, that first episode, which actually the first episode will be a, a, a newer recorded one. That first episode is going to be a fun one to record. Yeah, I'm trying. Um, you know what it we, is. We do so much juggling and the schedule moves back and forth. I'm, I don't actually know which episode you're referring to. Is it one that we've already done? No, it's one we're going to record. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, I still don't know which one you're talking about. But that's just, we, we have so many episodes that... Uh, that's the kind of the goodness that's happening is uh, the things move back and forth and we we have a lot it's not just like that there's only one thing no no we've got tons yeah. uh, so that's 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 just to give you an, like to me to me that's the positivity of the show is like mm-hmm. no I have no idea what you're talking about because we have so many awesome people showed up that I'm like I don't know which specific one you're fucking talking about yeah because there's there's all there's a lot uh, there's this this next season is going to be juicy, and honestly, I'm I'm already kind of I know it's far, and it's uh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But season three, I'm excited for all the interviews that we haven't even actually recorded yet. Yeah, because we're we're holding ourselves back to kind of clear season two off our uh-huh. plates. So yeah, and I, I season think, two is amazing. <clears throat> I think in our next break room episode, which for those who don't know is our Patreon exclusive ep- uh, podcast, uh, I think in our in our next break room episode, we'll kind of outline the uh, the guests that we've interviewed that'll be coming up in season two. Uh, and kind of give give our patrons a little bit of a a bonus there. And uh, speaking of those patrons, Kent, uh, Ooh, let's, yeah. let's let's thank the people who have been supporting us uh, uh, throughout this this show. Uh, I want to start by thanking uh, Melody Mew, who is our first patron, uh, our longest patron. Uh, she's the greatest. Thank you so much for supporting us, Melody. Um, next up on the list is Jordan Southoff. Jordan, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we we after that we've got a Sharks with Jobs Comics Group. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sharks with Job. And uh, Pat Scott, also supporting us. Thank you, Pat. You are wonderful, and we appreciate your support. Kobe Keith, couldn't do it without you. We really, really, mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Thumbs up, Colby. And uh, Kevin Anthony Catalan. Catalan. I still don't know how to, uh, how to uh, spell or, sorry, how to pronounce your name. So uh, if you could uh, get back to us and let us know uh, how, to, how to spell that or how to say that. Why do I keep saying spell? Um, <laughs> how to, how to <laughs> Thank say you very name. much uh, to all of our patrons. It, it's, the support really helps us uh, move yeah. the show along. Uh, it helps so us a lot and it's it's like honestly the support on patreon is going to help us legitimately it will be helping us get to more conventions talk to more creators that we don't normally have the the ability to talk to uh get our episodes out upgrade equipment more timely yeah like upgrade equipment it is all it's all a huge help and so you guys have no idea uh uh how much it means to us we we greatly appreciate your support um and I also want to give uh, another shout out to everybody who's uh, reviewed us on iTunes. Uh, like I said, we we still have 100% five star reviews, which 
is incredible. I absolutely cannot thank you all enough for reviewing the show. Um, and so I want to thank Marky Mark Grayson, Tony McMillan, Sriggy, Backcountry 77, Sensual Comics, and Open Eyes Comics Co. Uh, all of you left reviews on iTunes uh, that, uh, that were all very favorable and very helpful for us. Um, and also to everyone who did not review but left us a rating. Um, we have, again, 100% five-star ratings. It's, it's awesome. Thank you all so much for, for rating and for reviewing the show. Um, you that, know, that helps us in the, the algorithms in yes. this Anytime someone's yeah. looking for a show on, on comic books or, or whatever, or if they listen to a, a show that's you know, somewhat similar to ours or anything like that, then you know, those ratings will help our show get recommended to those people, people who iTunes thinks would be interested in our, our content. You know, and so there's, there's a lot of other podcasts out there you know, that, are, that are great resources for learning about comics. And uh, if ours can pop up there for other people who are subscribed to those types of podcasts, then... That is ideal. So every rating, every review really helps. Um, and like, even in a big way, especially in this niche market of like podcasts about comics and podcasts about creating comics, or even podcasts that are interviewing creators, like they're all very different. But it is a niche market, and so literally every single rating uh, goes a long way toward helping us be yeah. seen by our audience. You know, um, and so yeah, again, thank you all so much for for your for your support. Um, Can't believe it. We. Is it is this the feeling of completing a first season? Are we actually did we do it? <laughs> We're actually done with the first season, Kent. It's kind of wild. <laughs> um, uh, we this has been a long time coming, uh, and and it feels great, man. We we set goals, we completely destroyed them, <laughs> didn't yeah. didn't meet the goals, but we did get a first season done on our podcast. So mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, congratulations, uh, good job, Jason. Yep. Well, thank you. Good job, Kent. Uh, and uh, thank you. you know, the the next season will be coming out at a much faster clip. Um, and so, if you are all uh, looking forward to that, then make sure you let us know. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We've had a great, great showing on Instagram of of people uh, supporting us and following us. Um, we'd also love to uh, to get some some eyes over onto the Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I've I've been kind of starting to use the Twitter account a little bit more, you know, kind of retweeting tips and advice from other creators and stuff like that. Um, and so uh, if you want to follow our Twitter account, it's at TMBC Workshop, and it's the same uh, same place you can find us on Instagram. Um, you know, we, we try to just make our social media, you know, a resource for, for learning. Um, you know, we'll share when new episodes come out and stuff like that. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely share posts about that. But ideally, it is... The you know, bulk I, of it is uh, is just like the show; it's sharing knowledge. Exactly, exactly. And so you can you can find us on social media at both of those places, and then also if you want to support the Patreon, uh, we are patreon.com slash tmbc workshop. We've got uh, various benefits for for different tiers, and so if you want to hear our patron exclusive podcast, the Break Room, that's on there. Uh, we share a lot of episodes early on Patreon. Um, you know, we have sketch cards for for patrons. You get cre- your name in the credits, like. There's a lot of uh, all, sorts, you know, all sorts of goodies, all sorts of goodies, and we try to make it worthwhile for you. And we always welcome feedback. So if you'd like to support us on Patreon, if you had any feedback about how we can make it a uh, better experience for you or make the show any better, then uh, we would love to hear it. Um, and, Jason, yeah, where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can all find me at Jason Halftones on Twitter and Instagram. How about you, Kent? You can find me at Kent Heidelman on Twitter and Instagram, but Instagram's the the better one. Hell yeah! Uh, so uh, so Kent, go there. Uh, I feel like I cut you off though. Were you going to say something else? Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you uh, uh, why do you love comics? Oh fuck! Ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, 
I love comics. Trying to give a different answer than I gave in the Zero episode. <laughs> uh, it's such a personal uh, medium. Mm-hmm. I think because you can control it as a of your viewing experience mm-hmm. uh, by the rate that you're reading, you can. It's such an interesting medium because there's you're not you never watch a TV show and rare unless you accidentally sit on the remote. Uh, you're never going to see a scene before it happens. Mm-hmm. But when you flip a page, you can you sometimes peek over at the right page and be like, I know what's coming. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, love it or hate it, it's interesting. And you, the ability to rewind with comics mm-hmm. is actually incredible. Uh, because you can just flip back a page or two. And I do that all the time. I'll yeah. be like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Did I, did I, was I spacing out while reading that? Yeah. Oh, uh, did I just miss something? No, I don't. No, I didn't miss anything. That's weird. And just being able to flip back a page very quickly, and mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. Uh, I, I think it's it's a medium unlike any other. Yeah, and uh, it's truly its own its own thing, and it's it's such a your the imagination that uh, it takes for your brain to use while reading and with like the gutter of what can happen in between a panel is more important than the two panels together sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 magic, man. That's comics is magic. That's yeah. why I love comics. Hell yeah. What about you? Why do you love comics, Jason? I love comics because it's 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 uninterrupted, man. It's it's the vision of of such singular creators and there's so much that is able to be done on the page, you know, it's 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 a design of a narrative, you know. There's there's the 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 storytelling is so rare like design is so rarely implemented in the fabric of storytelling and you know it's one thing to design an image it's another thing to design a page and this is the only medium in which the page is really designed uh you know whether you're reading a novel or a screenplay or whatever those there's there's not really design you know they're trying to keep the narrative flow but that narrative flow is all about the pacing of the story itself it's not necessarily about the pacing of the the appearance of the page um and so i love the unique way that 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 storytelling can be digested uh in comics because it's it's just there's there's no other medium that is able to do these types of things that is able to think about story in such an interesting and intricate way um outside of purely just the flow of narrative uh, and so I, 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 I love the unique challenge and opportunity that that presents. Um, yeah, that's, that's why I love comics. Uh, but Kent, that is, that is a wrap on season one, uh, for anyone who is, who wants to check out any more stuff that, that, uh, that we do anything else in the family, you can go to that might be cool.com. We've got plenty of other podcasts there. Uh, in fact, right now it's in the middle of our, uh, road to end game. Uh, which is uh, the MCU rewatch. We're, we're looking at all the movies as they relate to the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe leading up to Endgame. Uh, it is, it's a great time. Kent was on our Thor The Dark World episode, and maybe, Ooh. just maybe, he'll be on another episode. Um, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Uh, and then... Uh, it was really fun. It, it was a great Wait, time. And, uh, and that's on the That Might Be Cool podcast. It's the... Yeah, exactly. It's the, the flagship show. So if you, if you go to thatmightbecool.com, you can find all of our shows and how to subscribe. Um, you can, uh, find my comic boat hard, uh, on my Instagram at Jason Halftones. Uh, you can find Kent's comic scariest and scream forth at scariest and scream Uh, you can find all of our stuff on both of our social media. Um, yeah. Thank you. Did we thank, thank, uh, did we thank Sean Rosner? Oh yeah. Sean Rosner. Thank you so Thanks, much Sean. for the music. Sean Rosner does the music throughout our show. Uh, check out his album, burn away, defy the night and, uh, his Instagram, 
uh, at rosner.art.music. Uh, oh, yeah. I had to I had to think there for a second. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Sean is a, an incredible musician, and yep. uh, I got to get a sneak peek recently when I was hanging out with him, and he's got a new single that he's working on. Mm, it's killer a new single. So good, good nice. stuff. Uh, my my goal is to have him on one of these podcasts one day. Hell yeah, because uh, he's uh, hilarious and awesome. Uh, Hell yeah, man! All I could think of it's that's it. It's it's it, to me. It's like it's it's crazy just to be have like oh my god we did we did it. Here's mm-hmm. the first season and we did the <laughs> the recap and we've been we've been waiting to do this recap and I I listened to all those episodes again and we we barely talked about them. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we like but the because the most important takeaway is this like scheduling and deadlines. It really is. Uh, don't fight that current, man. I've been fighting it. I fight that current and. I, I could wield the the deadlines like Excalibur and slash through all of the foes in front of me uh, yeah. with the power of that because I just got to think of all the highlights that's happened and it's been under a deadline most of the time or or immense motivation and focus yeah which is what the deadline uh, pulls so yeah man did it season one absolutely freaking lootly man that's a wrap we'll see you so- in season two thanks yeah. for thanks for thank you for and everyone even if you're not doing all the things that we like the patreon and the, the reviews thank you for listening appreciate mm-hmm. it thank you so much you're all the best awesome cheers Be cool.com. You never know. <laughs>